Good morning, everybody. Happy hump day. Welcome to the News Agenda with me, Fleet Street Fox. And today I'm joined by the Mirror's Deputy Political Editor, Ben Glaze. Good morning, Ben. Morning, Susie. Lovely to see you. Yes, you too. I'm sorry we went home Monday, everybody. We had a bit of a dirty protest in this house on Monday morning, so it wasn't happening. But today we're going to do this is the People's Paper Review. So get into the comments, ask us your questions. Those of you listening later on podcast are just going to have to complain that your lawyers spent far too much time worrying about the law. So what have we got for you today? Well, the mirror has splashed on exactly that with former Prime Minister and party-goer-in-chief Boris Johnson referred to the police for a second time over lockdown parties, this time via his own lawyers. It's a beautiful tale, as meant I've had to open up my party-gate spreadsheet again. More on that later. First, though, I want to discuss this long, drawn-out career decline that we seem to be witnessing of Home Secretary Suella Braverman, who is suffering the death of a thousand leaks. Ben, can you take us through this? Because we didn't discuss it on Monday. What are the, the latest revelations about what she's been up to? Allegedly. Right. So when she was Attorney General uh, last summer, she got caught speeding. You know, lots of people get caught speeding. Um, if you're not that far over the limit, you quite often get offered to go on a speed awareness course. This is where you spend four hours basically being told the dangers of speeding. Um, you sit with other felons and you all have to issue a mea culpa and it's very boring um, but it's very important and it's a way of not taking three points not paying a fine although you do have to pay for the course which is sometimes a bit more expensive than the wow. fine itself and keeping um you don't have to tell your insurance about it so you keep your insurance premium low however when she was caught speeding she was offered this course um or you can take the points if you want and you she for it, haven't you yeah yeah, she offered. Uh, she asked her officials if they could sort herself, sort her out, a private course. So instead of going in with twenty other people in a classroom in some four-star hotel off a dual carriageway, um, <laughs> so she would do it online, um, either with uh, her camera off and under a false name, or do one entirely privately as a one-to-one session. Now, the officials said, well, we can't organise that. That's private. We can only deal with public stuff. We're taxpayer funded. She then supposedly asked her political advisors if they were able to do it. And the answer came, no, you can't. So instead, she took the points and paid the fine. Now, the problem is she's asked her officials to do something that is entirely a personal matter. She's trying to involve people paid for by us, the taxpayer, in sorting out something that she didn't want to do because she, she didn't want to do it publicly because she was worried that us gentlemen and gentle ladies of the press would find out about it and write about it. Well, that's backfired, isn't it? Because we're right. <laughs> um, you know, the old maxim that it's always the cover-up that gets you. Well, it really well is this time. Um, so she's in a lot of trouble. She was asked about it in the Commons on Monday at Home Office Questions. There was an urgent question in the House yesterday about whether or not um, it was right. Now, the Prime Minister in all this, who, remember, he appointed Suella Braverman back to the Cabinet after she'd been sacked by Liz Truss. Imagine that, being sacked by Liz Truss. How embarrassing is that? <laughs> Points her back to the Cabinet because, basically, she's from the hard right of the party. So if you want that caucus of the Conservative Party, you need her on side at the top table. She holds one of the great four offices of state as Home Secretary. Um, but, of course, she's in charge of law and order. So to be seen to be breaking the rules, breaking the law, and then trying to cover it up, it's a particularly bad look. Obviously, she originally committed the offence when she was Attorney General. That's the government's top law officer. So in both, 
positions, she's in charge of law and order. It's, it's terrible that the prime minister, you have to feel a little bit sorry for him here because he was in Japan for five days, gets hit with this early morning on Sunday, late afternoon in, um, in uh, Hiroshima, where they're having G7 summit. He's asked about Shwila Braverman repeatedly. He gets frustrated, then has a massive long flight back to London, has to go in and deal with all this. Now, he's spoken to the Home Secretary. He's also spoken to his ethics advisor. Whether or not he's going to ask for an inquiry is the problem here, because he got back in the early hours of Monday, and he's still not said whether he's going to have an inquiry. Here we are, more than 48 hours later, and we don't know. Now, as you mentioned earlier, the immigration figures, they're due out tomorrow. They're going to show net migration has reached at least 700,000, right? Now, remember, mm. once upon a time, so they want to get it down to the tens of thousands. Who's in charge of the immigration system? The Home Secretary. It's not looking <laughs> good for this week, is it? I'm getting the sense, Ben, that you're rather enjoying some of this. I hate to enjoy it, aren't I? <laughs> it's better than Brexit, isn't it? Now, so what we've got here... Okay, so the top law officer broke the law. Then the top uh, justice, uh, I suppose, person in charge of crime actually tried to find a way to, for it not to be a criminal penalty on her licence and instead have to do it through a civil process. Then she asked taxpayers to fund the work to make sure she didn't have to be seen to do it so she didn't get caught out. Then she got caught out anyway. And her defence is that she hasn't done anything wrong. But she just tried to do something wrong. And she did do something wrong because she was speeding in the first place. Well, so. yeah, she, she's admitted the speeding. She said that, you know, nothing was done wrong in the process of trying to deal with this. Well, the problem is lots of people think there was. And she's made a complete horlicks of trying to cover it up anyway, because we all know about it. Like, the other thing you've got to bear in mind, right, two of her deputies in the Home Office, the Immigration Minister and the Security Minister, both been done for speeding in the past couple of months. What's going on at the Home Office? Are they all like speedy Gonzalez? There are lots of things to get away from. That's true. Um, <laughs> they also, of course, they got they get done for speeding in their private cars because they all have ministerial cars. They're all driven around at our expense by um, by government drivers anyway. And in the Home Secretary's case, they like. Let's face it, and do. Yeah, in the Home Secretary's case, she's got a police driver because she's a protected person. So, you know, she, the police driver is trained to drive at high speed. She must love that. Um, anyway, <laughs> the Prime Minister is going to have to decide, possibly today. Uh, we were half expecting the decision last night, but we're probably going to get it, you'd have thought, before Prime Minister's questions, which kicks off at noon in the Commons. Because otherwise, this, this is going to come up lots of times. Like A lot of opposition MPs will be asking about this during the half-hour session starting at midday. Um, so I would expect us to hear something probably before noon. It is a bit of a sore point for Rishi, isn't it? Now, what do you think, everybody? Um, I mean, most of us have done a speed awareness course at some point in our lives. If you've got a car, Mike says, well, Sunak announced an investigation before PMQs today to deflect the criticism. That's what Ben's suggesting. Now, I've had to fly back in from Japan once or twice when I've been on jobs. And I've got it does take two or three days to recover. It's a hell of a journey. So maybe he's been asleep um, recently and hasn't been able to talk, though he has done some interesting <laughs> interviews where he said don't you want to ask about the summit <laughs> and then, no 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 one wants to ask about your summit no one wants to ask about you. swella bradman lazy says they think they're in the wacky races ah dear uh, there'll be a different word for it um something that begins with dip now what what is actually going to happen about this if he does announce an inquiry it is still a fairly minor breach of the ministerial code asking your officials if you can do something and then they say no and then you don't do it 
Um, and presumably, I mean, Rishi is going to be quite hot on this sort of stuff. You would have thought he leads a government of professionalism, accountability and integrity. He told us he would. And he's learned that lesson, hasn't he, of, of not firing Nadim Zahawi soon enough. So he's going to be really quick off the blocks with this, has he been? Well, you think, but he hasn't been so far, is he? And you can't say, you know, everyone welcomes, well, not everyone, but it, it was it was a welcome relief that Richie Sunak came in following Liz Truss and Boris Johnson. You thought, and he certainly said, integrity, accountability, professionalism. And you think, yeah, well, maybe he does sort of embody that. But then immediately he appoints Suella Braverman to Home Secretary, which totally undermined on day one his claims about professionalism, integrity and accountability. Um, yeah, he sacked Nadim Sahawi, but like you said, that went on for a few days, didn't do it quickly enough. Um, it's whether or not Suella Bravo, I mean, if she goes down over this, it would be a little bit ridiculous. But when you put everything together, it's, it wouldn't be ridiculous for her it's to go. It's that she's there if you put everything together, isn't it? Yeah, and the other thing is, she she's... <laughs> probably looking at a long game where she wants to be leader of the party. You know, she stood previously to be leader of the party in that fiasco over the summer. Mm. Um, and she is seen as hard right. So there's a big group of fanatical supporters on the Conservative backbenches who see her as a standard bearer of the hard right. Now, if the Conservatives lose the next election, probably in autumn next next year, you would assume that Rishi Sunak resigns as Prime uh, resign, well, certainly resigns Prime Minister, but resigns as Conservative leader. That throws open another leadership race. So Ella Braverman would want to be leader. Now, if she is sacked or resigns as a martyr from the government, she can attack the government for not being pure about Brexit, not getting rid of all those EU rules under the uh, repeal bill that um, has been quietly watered down. And she seems to be fighting within cabinet against her own government's immigration policy. She wants it to be lower than the Treasury do, because obviously uh, more people come in, they fill jobs, pay taxes, generate more money for public uh, public mm. finances. The Education Secretary doesn't want to water down uh, student visas too much. There was some action on it yesterday, but they want to keep a number of students from abroad coming in because they pay high fees. The universities like that, keeps them funded. It means the government can keep down fees for, um, for Indigenous students. So... There's this big row going on in Cabinet. Obviously, the majority of the Conservative Party would want lower net migration. I mean, quite polls show the country would like lower net migration. So she can point to that as something she's fighting for. Now, if Rishi Sunak sacks her, he's got her on the back benches, chops it off every moment about net migration, saying, mm -hmm. well, I tried to do this, the government, the number 10 stopped me, the Treasury stopped me. Now, when she comes to run for the Conservative leadership, probably after the next election, that will be a huge, huge boost for her campaign to win over the grassroots, should she get that far, because, of course, it's they that pick from the last two. And the Conservative activists, the party membership, are more to the right than the, country, the rest of the country on immigration. So if she's playing a long game, going down in flames as a, as a martyr of a Brexit and immigration, albeit brought down over a fairly minor row about a speeding offence, well, that will suit her down to the ground. Well, yeah, if uh, if she's bright enough to play that long game, um, having she's met watching Su this. she's taking notes. So having met Suella once or twice, I'm I wouldn't bet my house on it. Um, now there is talk of uh, a 
in the back benches of a purge of the right wing in the Tory party. Some might say it's just as long overdue as the purge of the left and the Labour party. And there's, we're quoting someone in the paper today saying, if Suella would machine gun Rishi, I quote unquote, from the back benches if he fired her. I, uh, but, you know, if the immigration figures are going to be really high tomorrow, then, uh, you know, either she resigns in disgust and blames someone else, as you suggested, Ben, or he's really got to fire her for incompetence, one would have thought, because it's happened on her watch. So we shall have to wait and see how things pan out. But he's obviously going to get a lot of um, gut punches in the Ciela, Suella plex, plexus. I'll say it in a minute. A lot of gut punches in the Suella plexus in Prime Minister's questions today. Roger says, where would we be without Suella Braverman? just about anywhere else i think roger now we need to move on to the main story of the day which is <clears throat> excuse me boris johnson is facing a second police inquiry you'd think he was illegal enough but no <clears throat> turns out there was more parties that never got looked into last time now ben can you take us through this what's he been accused of this time Right, so these allegations, um, they came from, brilliantly, from his own diaries. So he handed over his diaries, and these are official diaries. These aren't like memoirs about, oh, Dylan's done another poo on the carpet. These are who he's meeting, where and when. So official diaries of the Prime Minister at the time. So covering June 2020 to May 2021, when we started to come out of lockdown restrictions, then went back into them in November... Um, then came out of them after a month, then went back into them wholesale in very early January 2021. And then there was the, you remember the various stages um, of lifting of restrictions. So there were different rules at different times covering those 11 months. Sometimes there were hardly any rules. Um, sometimes there were very tight rules on who you could mix with and who you couldn't. Mm. And the claim seemed to be that when he was at Chequers, which is the country retreat about 40 miles northwest of London, up in the Buckinghamshire countryside, it's lovely. I haven't actually been to Chequers, but I've been in the countryside surrounding it. It's very nice. You've been in the lane outside, haven't you? <laughs> well, actually, not for work. There's a lovely walk you can do um, in the countryside <laughs> around it. I'll, I'll send you a link. It's great. Um, the views are fantastic over the Chilters. Anyway, but whilst he was there, um, that he had friends and family round to stay essentially or meet up at least and mm. go for walks go for meals now depending on the dates um when when what occurred which we don't know the detail of some of that will have been allowed some of it might not have been allowed when the cabinet office lawyers were going through his diaries preparing for uh, well his lawyers actually preparing for his defense to the public inquiry which is going to start um they flagged this with the cabinet office who then reported it or handed them to uh, Thames Valley Police, which covers Buckinghamshire, covers Checkers, and to the Met. And both forces have said that, you know, that they confirmed last night they've received, um, well, they haven't said allegations, but they've received information um, which they're looking at covering June 2020 to May 2021. Now, the Met said that um, the, uh, the information they received refers to uh, things happening in Downing Street, party gates, you know, but things that haven't been investigated by the police before. So they're looking at that again. And Thames Valley Police are looking at, um, at what uh, may or may not have happened at Chequers. So, so it basically got two, two new police inquiries then, not just the one. We've got more in Downing Street as well. Well, they haven't launched inquiries yet. They're looking <laughs> at the information. So, you know, there's different technical stages that are gone oh, right. before they formally trigger an inquiry. 
which I haven't reached that stage yet, but certainly both forces are looking at information. Yeah, things that happened in Downing Street and things that happened up at Chequers, um, according to the, the two police forces statements. Um, it's, the, the Commons Privileges Committee has been looking at for months whether or not uh, Boris Johnson misled Parliament when he denied parties, first revealed by the Daily Mirror, of course, um, were held in, in Downing Street. Um, they were due to report next month. Now, that might be put on hold because they might want to look at, or they might want to let the police have time to look at these allegations. They might want to call Boris back to um, to ask him about whatever the police say about it. Um, that then delays the uh, the process by which possibly Boris Johnson could end up being suspended as an MP. If he's suspended for 10 days or more, that could trigger a by-election, almost certainly would trigger a by-election um, in his Uxbridge and South Isolate constituency, which as a by-election, Labour would target it very, very heavily and could see him ejected from Parliament. There's a lot of coulds, maybes, you know, following things down the path here, but this is another party gate um, issue for the former Prime Minister, um, who at the moment is in Las Vegas, which I don't think anything party-like happens in Vegas at all. From my No, opinion. Boris Johnson in Vegas. I mean, what could possibly go wrong there? Oh, my word. Now, Fitz Heather says, what about the other people who were there? He surely wasn't there on his own. They should all be named, shamed, and investigated, charge them all and fine them. What do you think, everybody? Do you think it's worth going over this again? Or do you think that it, you know, Boris should be just given, it's a long time ago, Boris should be given a pass? Now, when the Mirror started its Partygate investigations and lots of other papers sort of rode in behind and lots of things being found out, I had to start a spreadsheet of <clears throat> what was being said had happened on what day because, you know, a reporter here had found something about that party and a reporter there had found something about the same party and I'd put them together in the same place. We knew where we were. And what I remember during the spreadsheet, someone had mentioned checkers and it had been reported. And what I've got in my spreadsheet is that on March the 23rd, 2020, apparently there were reports that um, the Prime Minister and Carrie went to checkers at the same time, the same period that the Prime Minister had just announced a stay-at-home restriction in a pre-recorded piece to camera, and then he left straight for Chequers. So the first time he went on air and said, everyone stay at home, that was pre-recorded, and he scarpered to Buckinghamshire just after. Now, everyone else, of course, is being told you cannot go to a second home. And if you remember, people like Gordon Ramsay got in trouble and got told off for going to second homes. Um, it also got in here, I've got some other details. So Carrie was reportedly went to Chequers on the 20th of March, 2020, went back to Downing Street for a night four days later on the 24th, went back to Chequers again on the 25th of March, back to Downing Street on the 28th of March. Chequers had to close on the 28th of March due to staff sickness. And the Prime Minister tested positive March the 27th. Carrie revealed on April the 4th that she'd been ill for seven days by that point. And uh, Tortoise, the um, media website, had, had reported on some of all this uh, shortly afterwards. Ben, is that the kind of period we're talking about, March 2020, right at the beginning of things? Or is it further on in, in other lockdowns? No, the, the information that's been passed to Thames Valley um, covers June 2020. Um, and those, the, the back and forth, if you like, between Ailes, uh, Checkers, which is near Aylesbury, back and forth between Checkers and number 10, um, I think I remember Downing Street has basically previously, a couple of years ago, confirmed that the PM, the MPM, and uh, Carrie Simmons, as she was then, obviously we were married at that point, did commute back and forth um, from Chequers 
to Downing Street, I think between the March 20th and the mm-hmm. 26th. Um, now, I, I, as far as I can remember, they, well, they certainly at the time would have said it was all within the rules because of government business. Um, and I think, of course, Carrie was pregnant at the time as well. Right. And what government business has she ever carried out? Uh, now, what's really fascinating here uh, is how all this came about. So um, dig, dig, dig in deep, everybody. So Boris demanded and got taxpayer funded lawyers right, to defend himself at the COVID inquiry that's coming up, where he's going to be accused of uh, locking down too late and uh, not doing it properly. Now, those lawyers are paid via the cabinet office and the taxpayer. They're our lawyers, technically. So he gave them his diary to prepare his defence. And while thumbing through it, they found, amid all the drawings of boobies and some dirty words in Latin, they found evidence that they felt duty-bound, reportedly, to report to their employers, the Cabinet Office. Those civil servants then, because they're impartial and they follow a code of conduct, decided it needed to be referred to the police, which is why we are, why we are where we are. Now, Ben, it's got to be said, if this man, who has made £4 million, I think last time I checked, from speeches since he left office, had paid for his own damn lawyers, they'd have pointed this out to him. And it could therefore have been sat on. He might have avoided all this, mightn't he? Oh, quite possibly. But there's a lot of information that's going to the public inquiry. Um, oh, yeah. And this is this is the stuff that's come out so far. Uh, there's not even, you know, not not that it's not related to public inquiry, but the public inquiry hasn't started taking evidence yet. We'll start going through all the documents and, you know, other things that are going to probably end up with the public inquiry, such as Matt Hancock's WhatsApp messages that we've seen quite a lot of. Oh, God. Um, Hope yeah, there's no problem. There will be a lot of gold there for um, for journalists. And then if you flip it round, you know, it's, it's all very well me making light of it, but there'll be a lot of information in there that for bereaved families will be very hard to stomach, um, that at the time that people were dying in their hundreds um, each day in hospital, some of the messages that you'll have seen going back, or that we're likely to see haven't gone back and forth, I think they will create quite a lot of anger and, and, um, and upset for relatives of those who died and indeed people who uh, who are still suffering long covid tens possibly hundreds of thousands of them as we know mm, yeah it's uh, it is something more serious than just boris johnson having uh, some problems lazy says boris made the rules if he broke them he should pay the penalty he always seems to think he's above the law peter on twitter says life is just a game with no rules for such a hedonistic class of arrogant rich boys with no sense of responsibility I think, generally speaking, most people are going to be fairly despairing of hearing that there's more stuff to investigate. But I suppose the question really is um, whether, A, this was illegal. We'll find out in the fullness of time. The police, I'm sure, will tell us. And B, whether it's worth doing anything about it. Because, you know, he's been fined. He's been proven to have broken the law. Um, the, the sort of public, if you like, the, the, the integrity of public life has been upheld because the person at the top has been penalised with prime minister when he was fined. Um, let's face it, Ben, if you or I at this stage were found to have, you know, technically breached the COVID laws three years ago, we probably wouldn't be fined, would we? We'd probably get uh, a stern warning from someone. So and Boris is clearly saying this is all a political stitch up. Um, is, will he, is he going to, and would it make any difference at all if he was fined? I mean, people already know that he, he, he broke the rules and he's been fined for that. Um, people realistically suspect he broke them more than once. He's only been fined for one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you look at some of the 
parties that he attended um, that the, the police didn't find him for. In the cause of public opinion, you know, that doesn't wash. Um, so if some more found to have taken place, I don't think it will make a big deal to public's perception because people have already made their own mindset. What it could do is drive another nail into the coffin of his hopes of being Churchill and coming back as prime minister. Um, you know, it's already highly unlikely and the Conservative Party has moved on. Um, you know, we've been discussing who might take over as uh, as leader if they're in opposition. And we've mentioned Sir Ella Braverman. Well, obviously what Boris Johnson hopes is that Rishi loses the election. Boris Johnson leads them in um, in opposition, taunts Keir Starmer every day and certainly every week at Prime Minister's questions, and then comes back five years later as, uh, you know, the second coming of Boris Johnson. Oh, God. Um, I think people have... have made their minds up really um and you mentioned like if, if it was you or me well no the police wouldn't even bother investigating allegations now um but obviously boris johnson was the one making the rules and is a, is a, a much higher profile so mm-hmm. they are they will at least look at these um but in terms of you know whether one extra fine will further sully his reputation it'll further sully it but it won't you know people people have already made their minds up about boris yeah. johnson yeah, I mean, his, his reputation arguably hasn't got a bit on it that's not sullied at this stage of his life. Uh, Mike says people have been fined in courts this week for COVID breaches in 2020. Cases are ongoing, which makes his supporters' claims that we've moved on look a bit sick. Uh, if that's the case, Mike, then you're absolutely right. And maybe maybe we're wrong. And uh, if, if Ben or I had done anything like that, we would be um, facing the same penalties. Better go and clear out my diary, hadn't I? Pretty sharp. Not that I broke the rules. Um, but we shall see. I, I suspect, you know, that we're going to get to the point, maybe, although he says he wants to fight the next election, he's got a very narrow majority in Uxbridge. And if it gets to the point that there's even more Privileges Committee investigation and everything else, is Boris ever going to get to the stage where he just goes, oh, hang this, and quits in disgust before he, you know, before, before well, he has to deal with any of it? So what could happen, right, and I'm not suggesting this is what Boris wants to happen, but what could happen is the Privileged Committee suspending for 10 days, triggers a by-election, Labour throw everything at it, the majority is 7,500. So he loses the by-election. He then, having bought his new house in Oxfordshire, stands for either Henley, which is his old seat, mm. slightly outside the boundary in the constituency where his new house is, £4 million house he bought in cash, um, and the Tory MP there is standing down, or he goes to Mid Bedfordshire, which isn't that far away, and he's Nadine Dorries' seat. And of course, we expect her to stand down at the next election so she can become um, a baroness. And they're much safer seats than Uxbridge and South Ryslip. So, gets ejected by voters as a martyr, manages to do a chicken run to one of those much safer seats, probably Mid Bedfordshire rather than Henley, I'd actually suspect. Um, where the majority is 20 or thousands. And then he's got a very safe Conservative seat, even allowing for the Conservatives losing the election, that majority of Mid-Bedfordshire coming down, it'd still be a safe seat, comparatively. Mm. And then he becomes leader of the opposition. Um, everything goes wrong for Keir Starmer. Boris Johnson walks back in the Downing Street. That is how he and his supporters would like it to play. Well, that's Boris Johnson's wet dream. I suspect possibly that if he got to mid-Bedfordshire or anywhere else, what was previously a safe seat would suddenly start looking a bit more rocky. We'll have to wait and see, won't we? Um, uh, anyway, thank you for that, Ben. Thank you for taking part. Very quickly, we have found some good news in the world for you, and here it is.
Now, this is particularly apposite if you consider what Ben's background is there on his uh, on his little Zoom call. We all hear all the time that human activity is destroying wildlife, but there is some good news for anyone who plants so much as a single flower in a window box. Never mind if they've got actual countryside outside. Butterflies, whose numbers have been declining quite seriously, are making a comeback, but only as a result of human cultivation. Now, half of 22 species studied registered a faster increase in gardens than any other habitats between 2007 and 2020. So for 13 years, it's a long study. Um, and they've had smaller increases in the countryside. So it's only in the gardens that they're doing quite so well. Ben, is this proof that having a little flutter on some petunias uh, will not only lift the spirits, but help improve things for the little flutterers as well? It's, it's, it's nice to see butterflies in the garden, isn't it? Um, I think it doesn't really go into why perhaps they're more prevalent um, or the recovery is better in gardens than it is in the countryside. I suspect I think, it's because there aren't any farmers spraying stuff in your garden. Well, I was going to say, like probably people want more more likely to have flowers in their gardens than they are crops. And also, yeah, you're not using whatever pesticides that spread over thousands of acres of farmland. Um, you're not using those in your garden you're using god-given water and sunlight aren't you um so yeah i mean out of my garden yesterday there were some butterflies flying around and it was all very very sweet and yeah it's lovely to see i have to say the two butterflies that they've referred to marbled whites and large skippers haven't heard of either of those it's not a red admiral or a cabbage <laughs> oh peacock but all we get in my garden is a peacock butterfly and that's it but it's nice to hear they're coming back in general and as a result of something humans are doing to make their lives a little bit better. So if you don't have a garden, stick some petunias in the window box. The butterflies will thank you for it. Uh, and, it, you know, just generally lifts the spirits to see a, a few sort of flowers being cultivated somewhere, especially when we're surrounded by politicians who are doing so monstrously badly at just about everything. Thank you for that, Ben. Thank you, everyone, for taking part. Come back on these channels at noon to see Rishi Sunak how he's going to deal with the, the wonderful economic news of there not being a recession, we're just all broke, uh, and Suella Braverman uh, at 12 as Keir Starmer goes at him and Prime Minister's questions. And we will see you all again, I think, next Monday for another edition of the News Agenda. Till then, everybody. Tati bye. <laughs>